We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We are back. We have been playing some some older episodes of uh, some good content. We talked about general DFS, but uh, we are back talking football. We'll be back every week this season talking the full slates, talking DFS, talking DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, whoever you, you may happen to play. Looking forward to that. I should probably tell you that I am Scott Jenstead. We are sponsored by WinBet. I am joined, as always, on Fridays by Andrew Laird. Andrew, it's uh, it's a good thing. It's just good to see you. I had a lot of Friday podcast hosts that uh, ended up leaving the company after doing a year with me. So it's been a few years with you. So I'm uh, I'm happy to see that. Happy to do that. It's, uh, one of my favorite things about football season. Uh, I love the 49ers, but I also love uh, chatting to you every Friday. So I'm glad you are back. And how's everything? Everything's good. Is this am I like the longest football co-host you've ever had? This oh, is year heart. three. Yeah, I think this is year three, and the other two bailed after a year, like really fast. <laughs> I don't know. They couldn't handle the heat. Is that what is that the problem? I think they they actually are both like, like kind of titans in the industry now. So I think they just moved on to like uh, growing to be. But uh, you know, I did with Vlad Sedler, who we know, who just uh, started at FTN Network today, and then uh, Derek Van Riper, who's at the Athletic. So uh, maybe I'm just one who uh, who boosts people into like large, gigantic careers in the fantasy sports industry. Maybe I'm just a big catalyst. Hmm. Hmm. What's uh, what's, what, what, what's your problem? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I'm holding myself back, I yeah. guess, because everything I'm just being gifted everything else from you. Right. So. Yeah. Cool. But everything is good with you? Yes. Yeah. We're it's uh does it feel like it's been like 10 years since we've had since like the Super Bowl? It, it I it, it's funny. Someone's like, oh, what we Super Bowl last year? And I'm like, I have no idea who played the Super Bowl last year. That was five years ago. And then I'm like, oh, Tampa Bay it was painful. Tampa, I just yeah. tried to forget it. But uh, yeah, it's funny. Like when the Niners in the Super Bowl, like the next season seemed like came so fast the year before. And then this year, just like, it seemed like a long time. And, you know, obviously we do DFS. So we're just going to kind of talk mostly regular football this week because there's no, you know, we're going to save week one, the main slate for next week. So we can really dive into it. But uh, it's still good to uh, good to jump on. We'll talk some general DFS stuff, talk some overall football stuff. But yeah, it seems like a long Long time football season. I'm very much looking forward to it. the Niners had a tough season last year. Um, I think they're going to be really, really good this year. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, there we go. And hey, uh, you got you have Zach Wilson in your life now. There you go. Say, I'm wearing my Jets shirt yeah. here. And how, my, how, how excited are you for Zach Wilson? Honestly, I was talking to my son about it. My son is now ten, and is he is he more of a Jets connoisseur by now than you are? He. He loves the Jets. Yeah. Uh, but the but poor, like by week poor, five. Poor guy. Like, what did you do to this poor kid? So oh, <laughs> this is what happens. Oh. This is the importance of family here. So you can appreciate the uh, the right. lows together. But there's gonna be at some point during the season, like it happens every year, where he's just like gives me that look where it's like, why do we like them again? Because like we don't even live that close to them anymore. And everyone else around where I live are either Patriots or Giants fans. Uh, yeah. And um does he like if there is if it's like twenty seven to seven at halftime? Is he like going to play something more fun, or is he like sticking out and watch the whole game? No, we're like straight red zone channel okay. at that point. Like, <laughs> so he likes other teams. More fun than watching yeah. the Jets get killed. Yeah, that makes no. Sense. Yeah. The so theoretically, I should be filled with hope because like whenever you get a new quarterback and it's like a rookie, it's a high draft pick. You're like, oh, yeah. like this could be the time when everything changes, but. The the ability for a franchise that 
feels cursed to turn around so quickly. Like I, if they get better over the next few years, then great. But like a rookie quarterback for this team just tends not to really get you excited. And I say that being, and I'm the person who still is like, no, no, no. Mark Sanchez went back to back championship conference championship games once as a rookie. And then his second year. So like, maybe we're back, but like, man, it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old and no, and no. Adam Gaze though has to be just fun in itself. Just that, just that, that, just that swap right there has got to be great as a Jets fan. That that was a total game changer. Yeah. Like at least th- that actually provides more hope than Zach Wilson. I feel <laughs> For like. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it feels good to like have a coach that you can believe in, which is kind of nice. And like, I hope it works because Salah's a really good dude. You know, you never yeah, know. How someone's, so you don't know who someone's gonna be as a head coach, but great defensive mind, a lot of fire and a good guy. And I think that's like, if you're going to have a starting point, like give me someone that cares a lot as a really good guy and we'll figure out the rest. And it may not work. And it may work, but you give me that as a starting point. I'm pretty happy with it as a, as a fan of a team. Yeah. And it seems like the players really like him, which yeah. coming from Adam Gase is like a the Niners defenders, like ran through walls for him. They loved him. Yeah. And, and the Jets had a, a lot of that with Rex Ryan. And I think ultimately the problem with, with Rex was that they, kind of took advantage of how much he liked them. And so they got sloppy and they just were yeah. like, they led the league in penalties, if, I think like a hundred years in a row. And it felt like it just continues. And Sala feels like he, you know, it's like the, he appreciates that they are like professional adults and like, you can, you can like them, but like, we're here to work and we're going to have some standards and we're going to try to win. And so it feels like I said, there's there's still hope, at least. Right. And yeah, the I fact think- that the Patriots are terrible, or at least they're not the Brady Patriots, yeah. makes it a little easier. Yeah, you feel – I mean, obviously the Bills are now really good, and who knows yeah. what you're going to get with Tua and Miami and, you know, if they make any trades or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a, you're not going into the season and be like, okay, well, who's playing for second because the Patriots have won it 18 years exactly. in a row. And it's just – yeah. No, I, I fully get that. So that's – uh. It's uh, it should be fun, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, football. The start of football is always fun. There's just something about football starting that's like everybody's been talking about drafts and leagues for three months, and it just gets like Twitter's tough for me at football, like draft season, like in July when people are like breaking down ADP. Like I'm just like I just can't do it quite yet. I'm a big baseball person and fancy baseball, so I'm usually kind of focused in on that, doing other stuff. And but once we get to this point, like you, you hit September. I'm fully ready for football and I'm looking forward to like football Sundays in the garage or something that I, that I relish. And there's only 17 of them here. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's a good time. Oh, we get an extra one this year though. Oh, that's right. I got to get used to it. I'm going to mess that up. Just like I messed up the Washington football team 38,000 times last year. I will mess up how many weeks there are in the NFL season for sure. You know, right there's only, are they doing, they're only one buy still though, right? 18 weeks, yeah, 17 yeah. games. Okay. Yes. That's yes. What I, thought. I know there was some talk of a, a second buy in there, but I, I remember looking at the schedule. I think that's just one buy. Yeah, no, that would be uh, a positive for player safety. And so they were like, mm, no thanks. I mean, who who wanted an extra? I don't know who wanted an extra week. But for us, the next week of DFS, I guess that's good. Although by the end of the season, you're probably so tired of me. That's going to sound terrible. No, 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 no. But we at least replaced like a week of preseason with a real game. So that was nice. Yeah, although I, it'll be interesting to see those last couple of weeks if we get like two like normally week 17s or teams care that second to last week or if – or if I wonder if coach is, uh, you know, maybe in week nine, like, yeah, I'm, this is going to be my off week for my running back because we're going to need a break. So it's going to be interesting if there's going to be any kind of any kind of load management NBA stuff that you see um, a lot in basketball. If, it's, if an extra game does it, I mean, it's only one extra game, and the NFL games are so important because, you know, so few yeah. of them. I can't imagine you get some of that, but I just wonder if we get some maybe easing back on, on running back carries at some point in the middle of the year. It'll be interesting from a, a DFS angle if we're going to, you know, have to factor that into our to our research. Hmm. As if like random Sunday morning COVID issues isn't aren't enough. Oh yeah, that's that that is going to be. We didn't run into too much of it. Like we, I felt like we knew most of it last year. Like at least yeah. on Sunday morning, we had a couple that were like, "Oh, he's not playing," kind of thing. But I felt like we we got really lucky from a fantasy angle, not, not a fantasy football season long angle. That was really tough. But from a DFS angle, I felt like by lineups were due. We did, we, we we knew most. We had a couple things, but not a lot of them. Yeah. No. Totally agree. Yeah. And. uh you know, I think you and I were time. you and I were both waiting for like season to be canceled at like week seven, and the fact that we made it through with that they had that one like kind of hiccup in week whatever was that three or four where they they like Baltimore pushed a game or whatever it was in Pittsburgh yeah. was mad, but I forget what it was exactly. But they they moved a couple games, but aside from that one shuffle, like they did a pretty good job. I think as soon as we had like a Tuesday night football and a Wednesday night football, we were like yeah. they're going to just play like yeah. there's and you're like you're like writing up uh, you know single game slate articles and stuff, so that was just brutal on you. 
Right. When you sign up for three days a week and it turns out that sometimes it's seven days a week, yeah. you're like, oh, that's. Do you want to write the, the Mac college football one on Thursday nights also? You should jump. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just what I'm looking to do. Yeah. By the way, just a promo because you'll never do it. If you don't read Andrew's uh, single game slate articles, the one of the best things on the Rotowire site, it's uh, it's a, it must take a ton of work because I look at it. I'm like, oh, my God, this must have taken you forever. But I pretty much just use that as my starting point. I'm like, all right, now I know every single player I need to know what they're doing. And then I can kind of make my own decisions from there. But it's a really good starting point for those games. I appreciate that. That uh, They do take I, a lot I, of I time. hope you're still doing them now that I just said that. I realized that I should probably have checked with you first. We'll see. We'll I, see. May have just, I may have just committed you to another season. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's on a podcast, so I have to do it now. Yeah, there you go. Because, I mean, everybody listens. You got to do it. Right. right. So, so I know that I know you're a DFS guy. Do you play any season long anymore at all? I know. Are you strictly DFS at this point? Where do you fall in in the fantasy football uh, world of the, the, this crazy world? So I haven't played season long fantasy football in three or four years now. Do you and miss it? Do you miss it or not miss it? No, like really? not at all. All right. Um, like not even a little. There's no like not like right now. You're like I really want to jump in a draft. They, there's really not at all. Interesting. Uh, like, no, that's the, the whole waivers, waivers and fab. Like I never was really into that. Fab's not as big in, in fantasy football, but yeah, um, yeah it, it, I was never really into it. And best balls were kind of that way for me to be able to do that. Like the draft has always been the best part. It's still the best part of fantasy football. Yeah, it's great. And best ball allows you to do that. Like gets rid of all of the, you know, in-season junk, but the way that you play best ball is really different Anyway, the way you play like traditional full season long uh, fantasy football. And I did a few best balls last year and it was the reason why I didn't love it so much is because I was so used to the strategies of, of regular fantasy football. So I'm yeah. getting like, I'm, you know, looking for handcuffs and all this stuff. And it's like what you do in best ball is very different. And so I actually didn't do any best balls this year either. And I pretty much have just been waiting for the NFL regular season DFS slates to start up because I didn't play any preseason either because that just gets like way too wonky for me. And the amount of time that uh, you have to put in to be successful there, I just didn't have it with, uh, you know, I do soccer stuff too. So the beginning of the soccer season didn't allow the time there. So, but I was curious, like you, I know you still play season long fantasy football and I, do. I, I don't know if you've been participating. I thought you were saying, I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that could be the next question. But uh, have you been doing best balls at all? Uh, I don't. I just I for me, I like fantasy football. I like the managing. I like picking guys up. I like picking my starters. I just I've played some. Obviously, I, I'm actually in one that's actually drafting right now. The Derek Van Mever we talked about earlier runs this uh, pentathlon league. Sure. It's um, best ball, an auction draft, a salary crap draft. Sorry. Um, uh, you pick winners every week, a survivor pool, and then you pick you play DFS every week, and then you kind of rank it like Roto Cats, where there's essentially five categories, and whoever's doing the best in those, kind of like a, a decathlon in the Olympics sort of thing. And it's uh, it's tough because it, you really like there's people that like I'm I'm a lot better at picking games than I am at doing best ball, and I've done Ooh. well there. And I won the DFS two years ago, and I think I was last in best ball. Um, <laughs> and it might have been it might have been my my third overall pick of Le'Veon Bell the year he sat out that maybe soured me on the whole thing, but yeah, it didn't work great. But um, it's interesting though because I just I kind of am. In I'm, I'm in C I'm always in season long draft mode when I do those. And I realize that like best balls, like I assume you want to like shoot, shoot for guys that really have ceilings. Cause you just want, you need a guy that has like, if he has four huge weeks, that's massive rather than the guy that scores six points a week. Like you're going to end up never using that. Or if you do, it doesn't really help you that much, but a guy gets, you know, 26, three times a season, like that's huge in a best ball. And I just, I think I need to get my mind in that. I just don't do enough best balls to really, uh, really figured out the, the kind of the game theory there. Yeah, there, there's significant strategy differences with best ball. Yeah. It's a lot of a lot more correlation and stacking than you normally yeah. would do in a season long um, fantasy football league. So, uh, it I think a lot there are some like crossover strategies with DFS as best ball. But it, the reason why I was asking that is because I was wondering if there are guys that you were drafting in either season long or best balls that would make you irrationally high on them for DFS. That you would see them on a slate and be like, man, I can't believe this guy's only 3,200. He's a beast, or he could be a beast. And it's like, maybe you go that road, you know, in some that is, GPG that is, flyer. That is definitely going to happen. You're going to have to talk yeah. me out of some of those guys. And especially, it's funny, you and I were talking about, you know, what we should talk about. And like, 
it for really for me, it's that first four weeks, like because you've been prepping for drafts, you've been you've been thinking about ADP, you've been draft making all your picks, and you just get to DFS. You're like, oh well, I like Brandon Ayuk in the fourth round. Like, how do I not take him at 6,700? And it just kind of works that way. Whereas if you get to like week six of DFS, you're so over not have thought about where everybody's ADP is or what they did the first, you know, in preseason or what you liked in the draft. And you're just kind of focused on, you know, in week six, like we talk, I'm like, well, what did I do his last three weeks? How are the targets looking the last three weeks? Who's playing quarterback? You know, what's going on there? And you kind of break it down from a game perspective. That first three weeks are tough for me because I just have that stuff stuck in my head. And it's hard for me to get out of the mindset of this guy was a second round pick, you know, a, 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 three weeks ago. How do I not take him as a, as the ninth highest running back on the slate? Whereas look, so much changes in the NFL. Like every week is fully different. That's what's great about DFS. Like DFS is so much more fun in season. I love drafting and that's why I still play. But um, DFS in season is way more fun than season long. Like I just have a team and if guys are hurt, like there's nothing I could do. And my, if I, my team's really good, like, all right, well, I'm setting my starters and there's not much I could do. I don't love trade leagues, so I don't, I don't play many of those. But um, DFS is just so much more fun. It's like a whole new slate every time. It's like it's like having a whole new draft, which is, I think, that what people have fallen in love with it and people like it and people are freaks about playing one-game slates and all that. You write for all those people. But um, <laughs> it's just it, – it's very true that the first quarter of the season, um, I let too much of my draft prep bring into my DFS prep. And I think talking to you helps that a little bit. I used to be way worse at it. But kind of talking over the slate with you, you know, makes me realize that you know just because i liked i'm just using iu because he's on the niners but just because i like him three weeks ago and he's not getting enough targets doesn't mean you, you, you toss him in there at a low price just because you liked him three weeks ago yeah i think there's also a little too much schedule analysis in season-long fantasy football you're like way too much like these people are like oh well the niners play this team in week 15 you're like you have no idea like last year i'm using the niners examples in my head but like last year i've been like oh my god they're playing the niners defense you don't want that by week 12, like you wanted that. Bosa was hurt week yeah. two. D Ford never played. Like there's just all the, it's so much changes in the NFL and teams like Aaron Rodgers might get hurt and the Packers might not be a good offense. Like there's just so much to change. Whereas baseball, you know, one guy gets hurt and, you know, they can still be a pretty good offense. I mean, if Mike Trout gets hurt, you know, the Angels are going to be worse, but they're still, they still have a bunch of good players. Otani's still going to hit. So there's yeah. a lot of that. But if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, I mean, that completely changes, you know, not attacking an offense or defense. Or if a, a st- you know, Chase Young gets hurt for Washington, suddenly that defense is like, oh, I'm not as scared as them. So I, I think the schedule analysis, like looking at week 14, 15 is something that I just, I barely, barely do. I care if it's like a super extreme or maybe they're set to play the Steelers twice or something like that, but it's got to be really extreme for me to even, even, even pay attention to it. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I, I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast, the, the regular Rotowire Fantasy football podcasts are more season long players. And so yeah. we, we jump in here on Fridays and we're just like, oh, we're the DFS guys and yeah. we're only talking cause, about this. Cause some havoc and chaos. It's good. Right, right, right. <laughs> knock some plates over but like i think there are a number i mean obviously there are still plenty of people who right. mostly play season-long fantasy football and kind of dabble in dfs and we're kind of here to help those types of people i think yeah. um i think generally our conversations are not like here are the guys i'm gonna have you know 80 percent of in my 150 lineups and so uh, I think some and of the I, th- strategies I think that's that- I think that's fun because there's a lot of that out there and there's a lot of that there that's really good. Yeah. And I don't I don't think either of us pretends to be um, you know, professional or someone's gonna tell you kind of how to play that kind of game. You know, there are a lot of people that do really well at that. Your your old podcast podcast partner, Jordan Cooper, like with stuff like that. If you ever want to listen to like his stuff is amazing. He just can play all that game theory and leverage so well and I like, I wouldn't even pretend to like be an expert in that kind of stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think uh, you know, one of the things I always like to emphasize is the guys who play 150 lineups, like the, I think there's this belief that they can just get every combination yeah. needed. And, and obviously they're going to make a lot of money, but um, you can lose a ton of money playing yep. that kind of strategy if you're not very good at it. And so the ones who are very good at it, like there is great skill in being able to make that many lineups. And it's just not a skill that I've developed. And I, it's just not a way that I want to play. Yeah, but same for me. Like, it's a skill I respect, but not one I ever plan on developing just because it's not how I think the important thing is that, like, it's okay that if DFS is just really fun. Like, I love sitting down on Sunday morning. I'm a procrastinator, but still, I love sitting on Sunday morning, getting some coffee or whatever, and kind of figuring out my lineups. It's just fun. Like, it's just, uh, you know, if you and you obviously play as much as you can afford to lose and all that kind of, you know, stuff with uh, with bankroll management. But I think that uh, it's okay to it's okay to have fun with it, really enjoy it, and using it as kind of an entertainment money. And maybe you win something too. Uh, but, you know, you don't have to be a 150 lineup player to enjoy it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I, we talked about this on a podcast, I'll, I'll, I was going to say like two weeks ago, but it was actually a year ago. Right. But yeah, like my, you were asking me if I play season one fantasy football, like the home league that I had 
converted to a weekly yep. DraftKings league, and like we've never looked back. Like it's so much better just for Is all it of just us. Is the too. same exact same guys, exact guys, same number of guys, everything like that? Yeah, pretty much. And like pretty we're. Awesome. We've added a few guys over the years, and the nice thing about DFS is like if somebody doesn't want to play one week or they're gone, yeah. you don't have to play that week. Prize pool gets a little smaller, but like you know, there's a prize pool every week, and you have a shot to win. And um, you and know, I, and- I, I know because you send me screenshots that you're losing at like twelve thirty every every Sunday, but uh, I know you care about it. So it's just, I mean, that's fun. That's that's great that you have of your friends. That's a really good way to uh, to set it up. And I don't think people realize that that's out there. I and mean, people think DFS, they think, you know, fan duel and draftings, commercials and people winning a million dollars. And there's so many different levels. You can play for 50 cents if you want to. You can play double ups. You can play. There's just so many different ways to kind of have some fun with it. And I, I, I make fun of single slates, but like if it's Monday, at, I use Pacific time, but it's Monday at 430 and I'm like, huh, these two teams are playing. I don't really care, but like, sure. And give me a $10 lineup because I want to root for some guys. It's just a lot of fun and background noise if I'm watching the game or, you know, even I'm working and half watching the game. I mean, give me that $10 entertainment. I'll take that every time. It's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, totally agree. And that's, you know, that's why we kind of continue to cover those things because people like to just throw in a lottery ticket. There, Some people will play with 150 lineups and, and win with one of them. Yep. And sometimes people win with a single lineup. And that's kind of the the draw of DFS, you know, is that it really only takes one lineup for you to, to take down an entire tournament. But so before before we get into the next point, a, spon- a note from our uh, our main sponsor, WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire. It's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you from RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at roulette. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. So you uh, were saying that in order to like, you don't look at weeks like 14, 15, 16. I don't. And like, I, I know that fun. there's some really good players that do. And I know that everybody's, I, I keep bringing the Niners, but like the Niners play the Texans in week, I guess it's week 17 now, which is now the Super Bowl. And people are like, well, Trey Lance will be starting by then. And the Texans are going to be bad. And it's just like so many steps to get there. And the real step to get there is you have to make the freaking Super Bowl before you play the Niners in that week anyway. Like you have to make the playoffs, then win one or two weeks, have your league set up. Like, you have to be good to get there. And like, once you get there, sure. If it works out that way, that's great. But I just like taking a guy in a draft because he plays someone week 17 in the NFL just seems crazy to me. And I guess, I mean, I guess in baseball, you like, if you have someone who plays in Coors Field late, maybe that works because Coors Field never changes, but the NFL changes so much. I just, I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, the Jets could be 15 and 0 by then. You never Certainly know. possible. I mean, that's, that, there's probably bets out there if you want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't don't you have betting available in Connecticut now? How's that work? It has been legalized. It is not active yet, but I have to imagine What's, it does. What the hell does that mean? What's the? It's just, just think, like in limbo. Yeah, no, they're like uh, you know they have to get their licenses and stuff. I think they only have their permits, and so they have to they have to take the <laughs> test. And, uh, and but I, I assume I it's got to be ready by before the start of the NFL season. Which uh, one one would think that might be an important date for them to try and hit right. right? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, you and I talk about it. We do talk some betting on the show, too. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we like to get into that a little bit. We talk some props and you write up uh, some props on the site. I think that a lot of the the Monday to Thursday podcasts here, they're all really good, but based on season long. I think the DFS and betting we both get into. I bet games, um, you know, I, I can't bet games league in California, but uh, I bet I try and uh, figure out lines every week. I'm just going to go ahead and leave it there um, so I don't incriminate myself any further. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a, and it kind of goes hand in hand. Like we're, we're starting so much DFS that like, we're looking at a player. Say we're looking at uh, I don't know. Uh, who, I was gonna say Michael Thomas, but he's not gonna play this year. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, and we're talking. We were like him this week. We like his targets, but like this thing, like suddenly you can bet a prop of over eighty three and a half yards, and like it becomes really interesting. Um, I think it kind of goes hand in hand, and that that props market's really fun for people that really follow this stuff closely. Yeah, and I think people take the props a little too far with like the almost using them as projections. Yeah, which maybe not a bad thing, but like I, I tend to view them more. Uh, just like comparing them like yeah is michael thomas at 83 and a half and deandre hopkins is at 93 and a half and so does that mean i should go that way but right 
the yeah. Whereas you have to remember the casinos are trying to get equal action on both sides. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that, and bigger name players might have a bigger line just because people are betting them. So I mean, if you if you have Amari Cooper and everybody's a Cowboys fan, like that might be a little different. That doesn't mean that's a projection. That means it's the casino trying to make sure that they don't you know go under on uh, too low on Amari Cooper and all the Cowboys fans pound it, pound it. So you get you get that too. Crush them, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely that. Um, I was gonna say, but to the week seventeen thing. Yeah. Like I feel like a big part of preseason analysis for drafts is strength of schedule. And I feel like if you get like, oh, so and so has a you know, has an easy schedule this year. And that can throw you off when it comes to a specific DFS slate because it's like, you know, all of a sudden they're playing somebody tough, but you're like, no, no, no. I remember I drafted guys from this team because they have an easy schedule. Like you just like if you are very used to season-long fantasy football. The, the one of the biggest problems that people face or the problems they get themselves into are the the idea that like what you did for the, your season long league is going to apply every week for DFS. Yeah. And the simple like response is like every week is very different. Right. And it's not even just matchups, but like pricing and uh, positional scarcity. Like there's a lot that goes into DFS where it's not just like, oh, let me just play the guys that I liked in the preseason sure. because I like them. So they must be good every week. Like I'm starting this guy in my season long league. So I'm not going to play any, you know, so I'll play him in DFS. And it's like, no, no, no. He might be a fine play in your season long league because that's who you drafted three months ago. But he could be the one of the worst plays on this slate because, you know, his prices, he's overpriced for his production, whatever it is. But like the, I think one of the biggest keys is like, focus on this week and this week only and figure out like why certain people like certain players instead now, as opposed to what they thought about them two months ago. And hopefully that involves, you know, tuning in on Fridays and listening us to do that. Cause I think that, you know, I play a lot of season long, but when I come in Friday mornings, like I'm not thinking of that at all. I'm, I'm thinking about this slate, talking to you about every game, breaking down matchups, yeah. breaking down positions. And I, I really throw the season long out the window when I, when I think to you guys, it really helps me a lot. It's funny. You talk about, Oh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but like you look, there's a prime example last year. Everybody thought Tampa Bay was going to score a lot of points and give up even more points. Yeah. The reason nobody liked the Buccaneers, and the reason everybody liked the Buccaneers because Tom Brady was there and Michael Evans and Godwin, they had all these weapons. But everybody's like, oh, but their defense is going to be as bad as it was in 2019, and that's going to be trouble. Can they outscore people? Um, they're like the number two drafted defense in DFA or in, in season long right now. Like they were awesome down the stretch. They were like, awesome. Yeah. They won the Super Bowl because they literally dominated the Chiefs off of the line. And Patrick Mahomes, who is the best player in the world, could not do a thing. Like he was, yeah. he had no chance that whole game. And he made a couple plays because he's Patrick Mahomes, but like they were literally in the backfield every time. And it's like, it's crazy that we think of all these people that study defense, study season long, study football. And we thought they're going to be a below average defense. It turns out to be the best defense in the league. Like it's amazing how fast that switches. And it's just, it's, we can, you can say it, you can say it, you can say it. When you have a prime example like that, I think it really points out the fact just how different the NFL is, not only week to week, but season to season. It's, I mean, it's, it's a turnover like no other league. For sure. For sure. And you also, with DFS, have to realize that even if they're a really good defense, that doesn't mean they're necessarily a good DFS, you know, fantasy defense for that week. Cause yeah. we talk about this, we will talk about it every week that like, Points allowed yeah. is really not what we're looking for when it comes to these fantasy defenses. You want to be able to get teams that force turnovers and yep. turnovers lead to touchdowns, and that's where you want to go. For sure. But we'll you get want, to that. You, yeah, you want sacks, you want to pressure the quarterback, you want yeah. young guys back there that might make a mistake or two. I mean, that defense comes down to all the matchup there. And and obviously, when you were playing DFS, the price is a huge difference. I mean, if, you're, if you love the Buccaneers defense, they're 5,000 and someone else is 3,200. Like, that's a – that's a big step up in one of your yeah. wide receivers, one of your running backs. And we'll, uh, we'll obviously get into that when we talk about different slates, but it's uh it's all a big puzzle you put together and it's uh it makes it a lot, makes it a lot of fun. And, you know, with the flex in there, you know, whether you want to play three running backs or four receivers, you know, depends a on what type of contest you're playing and uh, how you like this week. And there's a lot of stuff you can stack guys and get someone on the comeback. And, you know, if you want a receiver from the team that, you know, you're looking for high scoring game and you got the quarterback and the receiver, if you get the receiver the other way and it's 38, 34, you know, suddenly you, you've, you've hit something pretty nicely there. I always use 34, 34, 38, 34 as a score for some odd reason. But, uh, you know, we, and we, we study a lot of the bets. We'll look at overrunners. We'll look at spreads. You know, you got a team that's a, a 17 point favorite. Like that's not really a good recipe for a, for a shootout. Every once in a while you get that, but yeah. you, know, you don't want, you don't want the 27 to three games. Even if you have the offensive players like that, it just puts a limit and a cap on your offensive players. If, they, if they're they going to shut guys down in the fourth quarter and they're going to run the ball, you know, 30 times in the fourth quarter, that's great. If you are, you're playing Derrick Henry in Tennessee, but not so great if you're playing Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown and you suddenly they're not going to throw the ball the whole second half, you know? 
Yeah, it's funny you use that example, though, because I was going to say that um, we'll obviously talk about playing, you know, contrarian plays this season. And we use, you know, uh, sportsbook odds to figure out, like, which teams we want to focus on. But, like, rarely will we be like, oh, we want I want to get different by playing the team that is projected to score the fewest points this week. Right. And just expect them to blow up. But it's actually like, you know, the the fun, the, the most basic example is when everybody is playing Derrick Henry because the Titans are going to blow out whoever they're going to play. It's like yep. you go play Tannehill and the receivers yep. and go from there. Yeah, and then you hope that they do score those 28 points. It happens to be on, you know, two long touchdowns in the first half and maybe A.J. Brown breaks a reverse in the second. Like it's just, There's a lot of different ways to do it. And you're right. There's the, you know, we talked about the leverage and all that, but you talked about, uh, you know, if you not only can you get away from Eric Derrick Henry, but you can actually play guys in the same game to like get away from him and yeah. still take advantage of that matchup without playing the high percentage guy. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned to me that you want to talk about contest selection because you're horrible at it. I'm horrible at it. So can I, can I be fully transparent and honest? Yeah, of course. It's going to sound terrible. But so like five years ago, I won a big, I won, I came in second in the $25 um, FanDuel Sunday million, whatever the hell they call it. I won $128,000. Not bad. It is unbelievable. It'll never happen again. Like changes that full year for me. Like it was huge, obviously very important, but it's hard. It's weirdly hard for me to try and go to DFS week and like win $12 now. And There's I nothing don't, wrong with that. And I don't I get play, that. I don't play high enough stakes that I'm ever going to win that much again. It was lucky. It was 75,000 people. I came in second. Like it's just a, one of those, like everything worked out perfectly. And not only did my guys all go off, but nobody else went off that whole weekend. It was one of those weird days where like a lot of teams scored low, except for the teams I had. It's important to know that not only do you guys have to do well, like you need, you want other guys to do badly. Like if you mm-hmm. don't pick, if you pick Drew, I use Drew Brees because I played him that week. But if you pick Tom Brady and you, you don't want other guys to go off, you don't want the other quarterbacks at high percentage to go off. But it's hard for me to look at the contest, and not be like, oh, there's that contest that can win a hundred thousand dollars and then not enter it. And I don't play huge stakes. So I, but I, I end up some smaller pools, but I, it's hard for me not to see that big number and realize it at once and not try and do it again. Whereas it's not smart, but it's just, I, it's a, it's a weakness that I just, I see that. And I'm like, well, I did that once and it was great. Like, how do I not enter this team at least in one team in that lineup? And it's just, it's not a good EV play for me. I don't play. I probably am not good enough to do that much, but, um, I don't know. It's it's a weird, strange thing that I hate to admit that it affects me, but it does. I don't think that's that's a bad way to think, though, because you obviously have been able to do it. You got right. you hit the nuts one week, and so that's going hitting, hitting the nuts is not something you can. I mean, it hasn't happened in five years. And, there, and I've had some really good weekends, and I, I play I play cash games too, and I don't play crazy. And I, I upped my play a little bit after that, but. I'm not a pro at this. Like I have a regular job. Like I do it for fun, but I up my play a little bit. Cause you know, you want to, you know, you got a bankroll a little bit now, but um, it's hard for me not to take that big shot. And it's, it, it sometimes gets me in trouble. Cause there's probably some, the way I play, there's probably like some single entry contests that are probably better for me. Um, you know, I don't necessarily play all the, the low percentage guys and try and hit that big extreme ceiling that a lot of guys do in a tournament. You probably need to do to win a tournament with 75,000 people in it. Um, but uh, there's probably some better contests for me that I can, you know, win some money without just tossing it away in a contest that I'm not going to win again. Yeah, I think so. There are two things on that. The, the first was that uh, you were saying that all of your guys went off on that one week and nobody else did. And I think one of the things that a lot of maybe novice DFS players think is that they need to build lineups to score as many points as possible. And DFS is fundamentally about scoring more points than everyone else. Yep. And so if everybody scores five points, you just need to score 5.1 <laughs> and you don't need to build lineups that score a hundred. If all you need to do is score 5.1. And so that doesn't mean like don't play guys for ceilings. Cause you obviously need to outscore 75,000 other lineups, but some, someone's going to score a lot of points for sure. Right. And so, yeah. uh, and that's where like the, uh, what we talk about trying to get contrarian plays. Cause like if you can get 60 points from one player that, only is on 2% of teams as opposed to the 55 points from a guy who's on 25, like you'll, that's why you win. But fundamentally, like, is it that you, so how many lineups do you usually make? It's not like you make 50 of them. No, I probably make, uh, in a normal Sunday, like probably, like I probably have three to five main lineups. And And a couple couple of those I have in some bigger contests. I say bigger, we're probably talking – like I probably don't play more than a fifty dollar contest, but I have some bigger line. Bigger that's bigger that's bigger for me. I probably have that in, and I put that in most laps. Then I'll have a couple that I just play like in the five dollar contest. I'll throw maybe my bottom three just in there to kind of see if I hit something. But it's a little scatter shot, which is probably problematic. And I probably don't play enough cash games where you know cash games you just have to finish in the top 
It used to be top half. Now it's like top whatever that is, 56% or whatever the rake yeah. is. But um, I'd have to look it up to see it know exactly. But I, I should probably play a little more of that because I – I, I can I feel like I can probably do better at that, but it's just it's hard not to shoot for that. But I, I probably play three to five lineups uh, most weeks. And do you basically like have one like do you rank them? Like yes. do you basically are like this yes. is my best lineup and then just probably, go down? Probably so insane, but yes. I have, know, a, not insane, I have I have my I have my favorite lineup for sure. Okay. And that's the one you put in like the bigger contest. That's when I put the bigger contest. I usually, I usually, I probably, I probably have two favorite lineups. I'll throw those in the bigger contest. Maybe one of them will be a single entry. One will be a big GPP, but, and then I probably have three or four lineups. that are like, here's, I'm gonna throw in the smaller contest. And I, I like some guys that I think are a little riskier, or I think that, uh, you know, I kind of like, we talk about them. Like, I really like, I like to get them in one lineup, that kind of thing. And it's probably, it's just probably a little scattershot for really like being as good as you could be. And what I, I feel like I hit a lot of like, really good plays. I just don't piece them together well. And that might be yeah. just, I don't play enough lineups. Like maybe I just don't have enough lineups to piece everything together and get the right mix. But uh, I feel like, you know, sometimes I get, I, I feel like we, 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 the last couple of years we've hit a lot of good calls and some low percentage stuff. And I hit it. And I'm like last week we had the Mahomes Tyreek Hill, that huge week where they scored 5,000 points in the first quarter. Yeah. And I feel like we should have really won big that week, but I had a couple of, you know, running backs in the wrong spot. And maybe, uh, maybe I need more lineups. And I don't know. Uh, you're, you're better at that kind of stuff than I am. Yeah, it, it's funny because, and I mean, we talk Sundays, so like I know kind of what lineup, what guys you know, you're you're hoping go off, and yeah, there were definitely times where it's like your your player pool was right. Yep. But yeah, maybe it's that had you gotten gone to ten lineups, right, you would have gotten the right combo. It's not like you you need to go to a hundred. Like you yeah. had the the right guys. And there's weeks so, of the play there's weeks the player pool's wrong too. And it's like a matter how many lives I have. Sure. There. There, are, <laughs> right. there are definitely a number of weeks last year where I really nailed some we, we both did. We both nailed some guys and I learned from you as we go along here. And I feel like I didn't take full advantage of like really making the right call because I had a, a zero in the lineup in the wrong spot or that sort of thing. And I think that's that's probably anybody that's DFS. But I just I wonder if maybe may, you might be right. Maybe like the the five to ten is that spot where I kind of if I hit my core guys well I'm going to fill in and kind of, I'm more likely to hit that secondary play too. What's the, what's the draw for each entry? Like uh, how big is the prize have to be for you to be like, I'm going to enter that. Oh, I don't, I don't, it doesn't have to be that. And I don't want to make it seem that way. I just, there, think but, I, but, but it should be that. I mean, you're, you're, we're playing to like win whatever the top prize. Right, but if I'm in a, if I'm in a single entry that pays 10 grand, I'm fine. I'm totally okay. Grand. If I'm a single entry that pays five grand, it depends how many people it is, but I find my, it's hard for me to go a whole week and not enter one of those big cons. Like I usually throw a team in the in the Millie maker. Like, I, am I throwing away 20 bucks? I don't know. Maybe is it fun to think about when I'm, you know, in between games that I do well, I'm like, you know, what am I going to buy with this million? How many, how many Brandon Ayuk jerseys am I sending Andrew in the mail next week? Like stuff like that. I mean, I just, you know, I think about you, but like there's some of that. that's like, it's fun to do. And it's fun to think about. It's fun to try and build the perfect lineup. But there is no doubt in my mind that me playing the millionaire maker is not a good investment. Cause I don't, I play one or two lineups in there. And it's just, it's the, the way that the way that contest is built, it's just all on the top line. It's all on the yeah. top line. I mean, there's, there's second, second, third place are really good too. But like when you get to even like, I was in, a, I'll tell you, I was in a golf contest uh, last week, played DFS golf. Um, it's a $5 contest on DraftKings. I was 29th out of 11,800 and it paid 40 bucks. <sighs> and like, that's insanely good. Now, granted, I had it. I had it in the smaller ones. I, I ended up winning a couple hundred bucks that week, which is I don't play. I play golf. I play like 40, 40 bucks a week. So it was a really good. Like it was like a seven or eight x whatever it worked out to be. But like I'm like that is an, almost a perfect lineup. Like there was someone yeah. that had a perfect lineup. Like I was. I had the same. I had it's six golfers. I had four out of six of the team that won one hundred two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So, but like I'm 29th out of eleven thousand inner people, and you win forty dollars. It's like it's it's those big contests are just if you don't win. Or come in second, like you have to. You're it's just it's tough because you're going to be you win forty or twenty, and those lineups are so different. It's just it's it's hard to win. You, you could, but it's just it's really hard. Yeah i I chuckled a little bit that you use the term investment when you were talking about entering the millie maker. It's not a good. It's not not the right word for it. Right. Well, I almost. I mean, there are people who play the millie maker every week. Right. 150 times and trying to win the Millie maker. Right. And, and they win it, they win it once and it obviously works out hugely for right. the year. And obviously the, the weeks they're not winning, they're still getting some back. I mean, you know, you don't either win a million dollars or lose. So, right. Um, but I mean, but there are people, people who yeah. enter 150 lineups yep. and lose every single one of them. And so, yes, there are. 
and we need those people to keep doing that or at least keep entering so that they keep the Millie maker going. And but what is, what is that? How, what is that? Is that three? How was that? $3,000? No, is that $3,000? Well, 20 yeah, bucks. Drafting mixes 20. up sometimes. Sometimes it's 20. They usually have a $5 one at some point, which but if it's, if it's 20, that's 3,500 bucks, right? Yeah. Am I doing the math right? So, but like, yeah. And nobody wants to lose thousands of dollars. Right. Uh, but like, I think the way that you play it's almost like the entries in the Millie Maker are just like your cost of entertainment and the other yes. it's the other lineups that you're actually trying to win money on. I think that's a really good point. And I think there's the other thing that enters my head. Like, what if I hit the perfect lineup and didn't enter it this week? And that's a it's pro it's a terrible way of thinking in terms of like EV and making money. But yeah. boy, would I boy would I hate myself if I did <laughs> Like I'm just being honest. So before we get into that, a note from one of our other sponsors, uh, Dynasty Owner. Are you tired of the same old fantasy football leagues that canceled after a year or so? If so, Dynasty Owner has your back. Go to DynastyOwner.com. Their new leagues for the 2021 season are forming now. Dynasty Owner unites unites the fun and the excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap and real NFL salaries for the diehard fantasy football fans that want that real GM experience. Dynasty Owner adds a whole new level of strategy. Are you worried you won't be able to find, find a league to play in? Don't worry. Dynasty Owner can help you fill your fantasy league with enthusiasts like yourself. You won't have to worry about finding enough players. You can choose to start a league, join an existing league, or purchase a team from a previous owner. If you're serious about joining the big leagues, go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire and start your dynasty today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So we talked about me. I want to talk about you. You play, you play, you're very, very much of a cash game player and you're very good at it. Uh, between games, you tell me you've lost this week and the world is ending and you send me your screenshots and you're there. And then by four o'clock Pacific time, you're like kind of sheepishly send me your screenshots and you've won every team that week. So it's how it works. It's like, it's like 10 weeks a year. You send me that exact, exact same works out. But um, do you just play cash games? Do you stick any of those in like the cheaper GPPs? Do you try and like, if I hit a perfect line, I mean, you, you're building a cash lineup. So it's not one that's probably going to work in the GPP, but you never know. You do, you, do is there any like, do you have to have what the problems that I have where you're like, Oh, that would really suck if I scored 236 points and I finished first in my, in my, in my 50, 50 with a hundred teams. And that still makes me the same as 43rd place. Yeah. So I, the difference between successful cash lineups and winning GPP lineups is so grand Yes, that no, I, I usually don't like enter my cash lineup in a ton of GPPs. Do I'll you, enter it in a one. Do you take it? Do you jump over and, and build a GPP lineup? Like the guys we talked about and you're like, oh, I really think this guy can go off this week. Do you throw a, you throw a $5 entry in there just to, in some lineups to, to see what happens? Or do you, are you like, are you strictly disciplined just playing cash? No, I'm very much not okay. disciplined just in cash. And I think uh, our podcast every Friday pushes me because I'm like, right. we talk about plays that make sense in tournaments. And plays that like I would never make in cash games because they're just too risky. But I'm like, no, no, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
and I should play it. Like we talk about it, and so I play it. And um, so yeah, I play just lower stakes GPPs because yeah. it's just the the way that I just make lineups. I just don't think just the way that my brain works is more cash games. That being said, there's been this like big push. I say this sheepishly, like it's a couple of people on Twitter who play cash games a lot, <laughs> but there's this move to basically say like playing cash games might be negative EV. And so, do you feel, before you go that, do you feel like that's changed? Like, it seems like cash, like lineups to the line you need to cash has gotten so much sharper in like the last five years. Like, it seems like me, like cash lineup used to be like, you could roll in there. And if you knew about football, you could probably do pretty well. And I feel like, you really have to really know cash games to cash now. And it seems like it's changed. I'll say, I think cash games used to be about avoiding mistakes. Okay. And as long as you avoided every mistake, you were okay. Yeah. And now enough people are avoiding mistakes. Yeah. And it, this is, again, it's not about reaching a certain point threshold. Like right. I have to beat more than half of the people yeah. in this, uh, in these contests. And so there's this move to, play for people who play cash games to play more like single entry tournaments or single entry or three, you know, three entry tournaments, right. because fundamentally like the, the odds where if you, if you have a successful cash lineup, if you finish in the top third, theoretically that cash is more than double in a, in a GPP. Right. Uh, although not all GPPs, some of them are like yeah. 1.5 X, which is just, Right. absurd but yeah that's a millionaire american kind of thing where so much money is on the top line that they just can't pay down the slate right well not even even some of the flatter ones are still like min cash is like one and a half which yeah. is you used to tweet a lot of those and you'd be like oh eighth place 17 dollars, fantastic right right those are well good. yeah and, and for, first you know, place of like five grand and eighth place would be like 26 it was, it was yeah it, you it, pointed out some of those yeah it's extremely drastic yeah it's basically like 10 grand to first and 400 to fifth because they're trying to sell that contest based on that top line. Yeah, and yeah. I, and you know, I'd be lying if I said it doesn't work. Like I look at so, the yeah. ten grand the first, and I'm like, oh, let me go win that. <laughs> like, the million makers, same thing. I'm like, oh, there's yeah. two hundred eighty thousand people, but a million dollars the first. Like it's just, yeah, I I, I fully get that. But uh, yeah, are so are you thinking about shifting? And then I want to ask you about cash games. Actually, before we go there, uh, do you think that shift and people less making less mistakes is the the people who used to play cash games and lose like lost their money and got out or do you think the information out there right now is so good and there's so much of it there are so many great football writers football sites football content do you just think it's like it's easy to kind of get and, and make less mistakes because it's easy to point out how bad those mistakes are uh what's weird or, is uh, that yeah no i think i think there's more cash game content which is weird because fewer people are playing cash games but there's just, so there's this kind of just general, like here are the cash plays this week. And it's not like, here's a lineup, but it's like, this is the group of, of guys. And usually, you know, it's, it's almost like people are taking the, the, and I, we talk about this a lot. Like the idea with DFS is like just taking the big player pool and shrinking it, shrinking it down into like an acceptable one where you're playing. Right. And similar to your GPPs, it's like, maybe this number of players optimally should be, you should try to get them in 10 lineups instead yeah. of five. And I think the cash game kind of touting has gotten to that point where like, everyone's like, this is the player pool, pick out the guys you want to play from this player pool. And I think, yeah, I think the, the lobbies have gotten sharper. And so, and, and the difficulty with cash games is that if you enter a ton of double ups and head-to-heads help this a little bit. But if you enter like a ton of double ups at every price point, the odds, like the, the odds are high that you're either going to win them all or yeah. lose them all. Yeah. Like it's very rare where you'll like win 40% of them. And yeah. Every once in a while, there's weeks where you're right on the bubble and maybe you cash some, but you're like most, you're right. Most weeks you're 10 above 10 below. And it's not, it's right. not really that close. Yeah. And so w when the head-to-head -head lobby or when the, uh, double up lobbies, you know, people who are playing these double ups is getting sharper Then obviously it's like, you're going to have more weeks where you're winning nothing. And we've talked about this, like, that's why you play more head to heads because usually if you, if you lose, you know, if you just miss the cash line in double ups, there are probably plenty of head to heads that you've won. Right. 
because there are just worse, you know, theoretically you could be playing a bunch of the people that lost in the double up. So you both lost in the double up, but you won the head to head. And so like, that's why. Of course, on the flip side, you could score 190 points and the person who double up scores 196 and you just, you lose, but you're, for the, you're right. For the most part, you can, you can, you can win some that you would normally lose. Right. Right. And so it's actually more volatile than you think it is. Like cash games feel safe because you're like, Oh, I only have to beat half the people and I'll yeah. double my money. And, and you know, that's what it is. But like, uh, I will say like early season double ups, like cash games are much easier than later season. Like, is that people, just people have money and they're excited about football, mm-hmm. but by week eight, they're like, I lost all my money. I'm out. Yes. Okay. It, it's, it's really that basic. And, or, yeah. or it's less that they're out and more just like, I'm, I'm working too hard to win twice the money. Yeah. I would rather work that hard and try to win a hundred X. Idiots like me. Yeah. Perfect. Right. And, but everybody who's winning is going to stick around because you're winning. Like you're going to keep doing it because you're winning. And so fundamentally, you may take me to winnings and play some GPPs, but you're certainly not leaving the cash games when you're doing well. Exactly. Exactly. And so I always say that, like, if you try to like plan out your year, your, your season of volume, which like is probably dumb to do anyway, but if you just like need to think of it, like how much am I going to play this year? And you're like, I'm going to play, you know, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, $10,000, whatever it is every week. The percentage that you play in cash likely goes down as the season goes on because like there are fewer people, fewer head to heads to play. The double ups get sharper and you're like, maybe instead of playing this double up, I'll just play in this single entry GPP and try to win 10, you know, turn my $25 into 10 grand instead of $50. No, that going that way. I want to ask you a couple of money management questions that are right on that topic. But first, a final note from our sponsors at Sleeper. What do your fraternity brother Steve, Katie from work, and your grandma all have in common? They're all waiting for that invite to your fantasy football league. There's no better way to hang out, no easier way to smack talk, and no more customizable, customizable platform to host your fantasy leagues on this year than Sleeper. Whether you have a redraft league or a dynasty league that's been around for 10 years, Sleeper has everything you need in one app. Incredible commissioner tools and customizations, built-in messaging, support for snake draft, auction draft, and best ball leagues, blazing fast news, stats, scores, all in a beautifully designed mobile mobile app and website makes every other app feel like a horse and buggy. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy sports platform for a reason, and all the cool commissioners are switching to Sleeper and not looking back. Don't take my word for it. Download Sleeper on iOS or Android and see for yourself. You have nothing to lose. It's free. And since we're doing a read, I have I do have a Dynasty League on Sleeper, and my number one running back is J.K. Dobbins. So I'm really looking forward to that league this week. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great league this year. That's why we play DFS, Scott. I right. It's, it really is because you know what? I can just play Gus Edwards and not worry about uh, J.K. Dobbins. But at a discount, uh, no less, in week yeah, one. That's, that's a good point. So I want to ask you about money, and then we'll talk about week one for a second before we get out of here. So you mentioned like you know you're planning out your weeks and stuff. So you you're playing cash games. So say you say you win three of the four score weeks. You started out well. Do you bump up for week five? Or are you sticking with that money management throughout the season? Like, how do you deal with that? I know it's a hard question. No, it's it's not a hard question because I know what the answer should be. Right, but you know what the answer but, is. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people try to do like a percentage of their bankroll okay. in in cash games and GPPs, and I don't necessarily subscribe to that method. Like. The old like 80, 20, 80% cash games was always such a ridiculous, like right. it, it just depends how you play DFS. Like yeah. we kind of decided like, oh, this is what everybody should do. And it's like, there's no, there's no rule that everybody should do this, but yeah, now, I know, I know really good players who play zero percentage cash. Like it's just, there, there are yeah. good players that do both. It's just, there's, I don't think there's any like tried and true rule. And like you said, like, I think you should do what's fun and good for you too. And like, I think that you want to, you know, you want to play for enough that it that it's fun and it gets you into it, but you obviously don't want to play enough where you're like stressed out and like worried about losing right. money every week either. Like there should be a there should be a happy medium there where it's a, it's enough where it gets you excited, but uh, you know you don't want to be you know you're not losing right. the rent on, you're not losing the rent on this stuff. Right, it's okay to be upset that you lost a week, but like you yes. can't you can't be just like absolutely crushing. But like 15 minutes later, you should be okay. It's kind of <laughs> a good way <laughs> right. to look at. It. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. yell at anybody in your family. Is is kind of a good way to look at it too. But fundamentally, like if you think of it, like if you're playing like a certain percentage of your bankroll each week, and if you are winning before that, then that if that percentage stays, then the raw amount that you're right uh, playing the the following weeks will go up. So yes, I do that. I will say I have an incredible ability to get absolutely smoked the weeks that I like really ramp up my volume. It happened. I think it was two years ago. 
was it two years ago even? Yeah. I, li- I literally think you were like seven of the first eight weeks and you ramped it up in the last like three weeks in a row or something like that, where you should have been still way up and suddenly you're seven and four and you've lost money. Like it's it was, it's, yeah. It's, it's like cool. I, yeah. I got, I, I got arrogant. Yeah. That's how I felt. Like I was sure, playing. You went, you went seven or eight. You're like, I figured this out how to do well. Like it, yes. it makes sense. I mean, it's not, it, it just, it's kind of human nature. That's what. Yes. I felt like I had figured out NFL right. cash games and right. I like, really increased my volume in let's call it week eight after that or week nine. And I went right off the cliff. Like I lost not like my bankroll, but like everything I entered that week I lost. And that like really like that hurts. Yeah. Like I was, I was not, I was, (laughs) I was just sad. Like I wasn't even angry. I was just like, man. And I, I remember the, it was like my fault. Like the, the lineup I made, like there was a mistake in the lineup and I, like it was totally, it wasn't like an like unlucky you, injury. Like, like you misclicked or you just, you, you research is wrong or something. I, I think I just like misread okay. popularity and I misread a, or a game that I thought I, I probably like went against the odds. Cause I was like, I don't think this game is really going to go off. And it did. And everybody had the guy from that game. It was, it was something where like, I, the, like I said, I, you were supposed to avoid mistakes and I like made a, a horrible mistake and I knew it right away. And I probably sent you the screenshot, like hoping that I was going to, you know, the whole, like I'm losing everything. And I was hoping by the end it would turn. And then all of a sudden it definitely did not turn, but yeah, but, but then, you know, you go back, you go the next week and you take your same percentage, but your bankroll is a little smaller now, but like you just grind it back up. But like the cash game grind, I think is just not as, I don't want to call it easy because it was never easy, but it's just, it's harder. And so if it's harder, then maybe I should be spending more time trying to, you know, 10x my money instead of 2x it. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fair. It's a, it's good. I mean, one of those things that, like, I think you learn lessons as you do this, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think that you you know you have – if you're doing really well, at some point you want to bump it up a little bit. I think that's smart, too. But it's just – it's the timing of that never seems to to work out fantastically well either. But uh, so I just want to talk about – I don't want to talk about week one players, but week one is really interesting in, in DFS because – they set the line. They set the salaries a freaking month ago. You and I were joking a, a month ago. We're like, "Oh, we'll do the fo- first podcast when salaries come out." I'm like, "Oh, that was yesterday." Like, and we were joking around it, and it was actually out. So if you have, it's going to be a weird week of like, I think you're going to have some high, per, uh, you know, highly percentage uh, guys and popular players. But we talked about J.K. Dobbins joking around. But I mean, Gus Edwards is obviously really low salary wise because everybody thought he was the backup. And there's just a lot of situations like that. You know, Travis Etienne got hurt, and James Robinson is now the like. How do you kind of attack these first few weeks of the season in terms of that kind of stuff? Are you going to be like, oh my gosh, everybody's going to be playing James Robinson, so I'm not going to? Or do you just kind of like, I got to eat that? It kind of goes for a general topic of DFS. Like there always is the like Tuesday running back gets hurt and the the price is already out. Yeah. And there's someone at 3,400. And we're like, you know, how do you handle it? Like, like I always struggle with that. Cause like part of me is like, I just wonder if that guy's not, you know, he's not that good. But if he gets 20 carries, how do I not use him? But if like he's not that good, how do I not avoid 60% of the people using him? Like that seems like a big win there. So how do you feel? How do you feel like you attack a kind of obvious, uh, I guess we call them free square kind of plays? So cash games usually play them. Like yeah. those are the guys you play in cash because <laughs> if, they, yeah. if they do go off, you're dead. Yeah. And you're not only dead because you don't have them, but also because they're cheap. And so it allows you to pay up somewhere else. And if they don't go off, you're not even dead because 78% of the field right. has them anyway. So like you're with them anyway, and you just have to, you just have to beat those 70% of people that, that, that had the same player too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think and we talked about this on a previous podcast, but the reason why I don't look at week one salaries early is because it gives you a false set of time that you can build lineups yep. like normally we like a week is more than i mean six days is more than enough time to like build lineups yeah but, but we've had weeks for week one and so like there's no reason for you to like think like oh i have plenty of time to like make lineups and make all the decisions like week one like i said it's when did they come out a month and a half ago <laughs> and yeah. sunday morning of week one i'm still tinkering with lineups yeah. because like and they're they're not going to change. It's still the same. And I think your point is true. Like I don't think you need more than a week to build your week on lineups. Like 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 if you want to tinker and you enjoy doing it, more power to you. I haven't yep. I haven't looked I haven't looked at either. I'll look uh, I'll look probably like Tuesday morning when I start thinking about this podcast and I'll, I'll really get into it. But you're right. I just and I don't want to be like oh well, that guy's a that guy's a free square already and kind of have decided and get preconceived notions in my head already. I like to break down every game. But like 
those weeks are tough and we always get them. We had a, we had a couple of them last year where, you know, the $3,000 guys went crazy and he had, you know, 22 carries for 110 yards and touchdown. You're like, if you didn't have him, you lost. But yeah. there are those weeks where that guy, you know, got eight carries and the coach, you know, you know, used more of a committee. And I think, you know, reading between those lines and kind of figuring out those weeks and which ones are which are pretty valuable if you can do it, but it's not easy to do. Yeah. I think we also have to decide whether a guy is not a good play. Like there's the $3,000 guy. 3000 is really cheap, but like, yeah, I'm just using there's the $3,000 guy who, if you're like, I don't think he's going to be that good. Like, I don't want to play him because I don't want to lock in the eight right. carries for 22 yards. Yep. But what you also have to consider is, do you also not want to lock in the three high-priced wide receivers you can play because right. of that guy? Yep. And so, and it's not like there's a second, usually, there's usually not a second $3,000 guy. You're like, oh, I'll play that guy because he's going to be better. It's like, no, they're usually 3000 for a reason. And this one just happened to be moving up because of an injury. So there's a these decisions are never like singular decisions. It's always like, what happens if I play this guy? And if I don't, now your lineup is totally different than everyone else. It almost doesn't matter who you play because you're so different from the 60% of people who are playing that $3,000 running back. It's a good point you make. If that $3,000 guy goes eight for 22, but got you in Devontae Adams who scored 56 points, suddenly that those two together worked better than anything in the, right. in the middle. And it's a, it's a good point. Those are, those are fun weeks because there's ways to get a little bit different and there's a, there's ways that can really bite you. But uh, DFS is fun, man. Week to week is just such a, is just such a good way for NFL. Like you said, I mean, I'm joking about JK Dobbins with the, with the sponsor, but like, it's true. That team's dead. Like I can't, it's a dynasty league. So it probably wasn't gonna win anyway, but like I was kind of starting to build and he was a key part. And like, I, I don't have enough, right. I'm like, I, I, that team's not going to win this year. Like what fun is that? Like, Whereas if that happens in week three in DFS, I'm like, well, I suck this week and I'm on to week four and we're looking forward to the podcast, looking forward to a new lineup. And it's just, uh, I think the, I, I love season long baseball. I'm a huge season long baseball player. I will always say I like that more than DFS baseball, but I think football is just built for this. I think it's a perfect sport for it. We get 18 weeks of new lineups every week. Like it's just, there's no way to, it's just so super fun. It's a great format. It's a great setup. And the NFL is just such a one week animal. Like those games on Sunday are just, they're all together. Most main DFS late don't, don't have the Thursday night game, don't have the Monday night game. Like you can just lock in for those six hours and watch games. If you're, you happen to be at home or you happen to be out with friends, like it's just a great way to kind of build that and have some fun with it and maybe win some money too. I don't remember who it was now, but there was some, big week one injury years ago that was like my last straw with season long leagues. Like that's why I started playing DFS. Was it, was it Adrian Peterson getting suspended for child abuse? Cause that was mine. No, I, quit, I, I quit playing. I quit playing the higher stakes for two years after that. Cause I was just, he was my second overall pick and he got hurt. I think, you know, only, he played a week. He might've played a week and got suspended for nothing to do with football. And I was just like, I'm dead. And I just, it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who got hurt. I know, I know who you're talking about too. Like it wasn't, it certainly wasn't Brady, you know, the, with his ACL year. Cause I wouldn't have done that to myself, no, but no, it was, it wasn't, he did do that week one too. I know there was someone that got hurt exactly at, was it any Saquon was what, like week two or three yeah, last year, early. right? Like it was really early and just, yeah. it's tough. And like baseball, like there's so many players you can kind of figure it out. Yeah. Football. You can like, make that up over time. In like an NFFC kind of format, like you have 10 guys on the bench. Like everybody's, everybody's on a team. Everybody's rostered. There's very every once in a while you get a guy like like James Robinson last year pops out of nowhere, but yeah, you know there's 12 teams in the league, only one's going to get him. It's really hard to find guys, so I I just think football's built for it. But the key question I have for you, everybody talks about second year receivers, which my question for you is, how excited are you for KJ Hamler this year? <laughs> I was expecting you to tell me that you had him in every best ball league, but oh, there I, I won't be leaving many draft tables without KJ Hamler. I actually do really like him this year. That was a Denzel Mims question, but I guess. Oh not. God, he might be bad, huh? Do we think he's? Do we think he's bad? Because it's not. I, you don't hear very many glow. You know, there's not like a lot of like not Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims looks electric in camp. Like you see, like the Jalen Rieger, like one-handed catch, like Jalen Rieger. Great. I see no Denzel Mims looks uh, looks awesome in camp stories. The Trojan horse. Yeah, that's all it is. Ty Johnson looks good. I hear that. You hear Zach Wilson looks good. There's not a lot of. Uh, not a lot of Denzel Mims buzz out there, which is not exactly what you want. Because I kind of liked mm -hmm. him coming to last year. He was, was a, that was a big receiver prospect. Mm -hmm. He was hurt for a while, and uh, who knows? Who knows? Are you guys uh, are, are Jets and Giants able to play next week? How, like, is the flooding bad? Like in stadium wise, like how bad is it in New Jersey there? Uh, I assume they're playing. So right. It's it's the NFL, Scott. Yeah, that, as I as we learned last year, we talked preseason. We're like, I don't know. You're right. It's the NFL. They're going to, yeah. uh, the, the okay. saints are playing in Jacksonville, I think first week against the Packers. They moved the game from, uh, from the, from the Superdome, but uh, you're right. It's the NFL. They're going to get it done. Yeah. They'll figure it out.
Anything else on your mind you want to talk about? Kind of general DFS, general fantasy before we uh, we jump out of here and we get ready for uh, what's going to be a really fun, uh, really fun season of kind of breaking down the slate every week. I hope everybody everybody joins us because I think you and I both have a lot of fun doing this. We always talk about it, it takes some work and we're like, oh, we got to deal with this. But like, once we're like three minutes in the podcast, I forget about everything else and I just have a lot of fun doing it. We end up going too long and we're always like, oh, we're going to talk too much and we just end up having fun with it. So I hope everybody enjoys that. I think that, uh, you know, I think the camaraderie and chemistry of talking about sports is a fun way to listen to podcasts. So hopefully everybody enjoys it. If you have any suggestions for us or something you want us to talk about, uh, you know, Andrew's on Twitter at, at Rotowire. Andrew, I am at Scott Jensen. Jensen's J E N. S-T-A-D. We're always willing to take some thoughts there. And, you know, as I said, we always we do this on Friday mornings usually, and stuff changes in the NFL. If you have questions like, you know, now that uh, now that blah, blah's hurt, you know, what do you do with this stuff? We're, we're, you know, we're willing, definitely willing to answer that. You might have to delve through a bunch of, like, random soccer retweets on, uh, on Andrew's page. But other than that, he'll, he will answer some questions for you. But uh, anything else you want to address? Anything else that is on your mind before we uh, jump out of here? No, I think we hit everything I was uh, I was hoping to talk about tonight. Yeah, I think I think so too. I got I got a lot of Brandon Ayuk in here. That's probably going to be a name people are tired of me hearing because the dude is a freaking stud. Yeah, I was going to say um, it's going to be all season though. So just, how, just getting ready, everyone ready for it. Before we go, uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. What week are they starting? Uh, six for both of them. I'm gonna. I think it's a really good call on Lance. I think Fields is going to be like three. Three. Oh, yeah. I think it should be earlier. one. But- yeah, it should be. I, I think I, if it were me, I think both would be one. Um, I get what Shanahan's doing, but um, I think the the chipped finger kind of hurt that chance of him starting week one. But I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna play a bunch. I think they're gonna be. I hope it's not annoying Taysom Hill kind of usage, but I think it might be. And it's you know I've been ripping on Taysom Hill usage for years on Twitter, so I'm about to get a a lot of rep- retribution for that. A lot of uh, fire my way, but um, yeah, I think six is a pretty good call on on Lance. I don't know when their buy is, but I think that's about. It's about the amount of time they start off with Detroit and Philly. So if they can win two, maybe that buys uh, Jimmy some time. If they lose one of those, I think that that, that the pressure really gets hit. They play, they play uh, Detroit and Philly on the road, and they play Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona weeks three, oh. four, and five. So like it gets, they have a lot of easy games as we talk about easy games on the schedule that look easy pregame, but like those that stretch right there. Like if they go one and two in that stretch, maybe week six might be a really good call for that because I think that uh, I think they they may ramp it up. If they're like if they're like three and two, I think they're gonna have to make a change, but. I just think I think Fields is. Re- I really like Fields, and I think that uh, I don't think they'll wait too long with Andy Dalton. They they look like they could be like really exciting. Yeah, and, and Zach Wilson's week one, right? Oh yeah. Okay, him yeah. and Trevor Lawrence are kind of, and Mac Jones too. I mean, that's yeah, that's a pretty fun rookie quarterback class. We had one two years ago that was really good too. But this, I mean, that's five guys who probably by week six, at least by midseason, are all starting for their teams. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's going to be going to be fun. So thanks, everyone, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by WinBet. We always appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, we're going to be live on StreamYard, YouTube, Periscope this year, too. So um, we'll usually be about uh, like 7 in the morning Pacific on uh, Fridays, 10 o'clock Eastern is usually kind of when we jump on. We will definitely throw links out there if you want to ask us uh, questions live. We'll have comments live this year, which we didn't have last year. We just kind of uh, – we did video, but we didn't have live comments. So if you want to ask questions during the uh, during the podcast, we're uh, very willing to take that uh, – I'll, I'll defer all of them to Andrew because he's better at answering questions than me. But um, <laughs> I'm too I'm too locked in on my players. I, I, I I'm too right. hyper focused. But he'll he'll be good at that. So uh, we appreciate you listening. We look forward to uh, doing this all season long. We'll be joining you on Friday. So hope everybody has a good. Uh, Thank last you week for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit Rotowire.com/slash/soccer.